0: Good morning, good afternoon to people where it's afternoon. This is the continuing series of translations of the lost but now found. The ancient, the forgotten, the discovered in a waste bin covered in human fecal matter. These are the forbidden lost lectures that were given in prison by Charles Manson between the years 1997 and 1999, you know. We discovered these. I didn't really do the work. The The Little Saigon Report became aware because of the work of Dr. Ruth Huberington. She did monumental work on what was called the Dringus Project. Dr. Herbington would dig through the sewers of the city. She'd dig through the gutters. She'd dig through your pain. Dr. Herbington... Dr. Ruth Hubrington. it's a very difficult name to say correctly, I think it's Dutch. Could be Dutch-German, could be Dutch-English, could be Dutch-French, or Franch or some type of Frutsch. Could be the ancient language of the Polish peoples. Could be related to the people of Romania, or the travelers, or the Roma, or the gypsy folk. Dr. Herbrington lives in a cave in Wenatchee. She is surrounded by squirrels and trees, but I take her word for it. And she has a trusted companion in the pursuit of knowledge. Mr. Ken Hayes of the Egyptian Institute of Scientology, or rather, the Hidden Church of Liberation Scientology, the little-known offshoot church that broke free from L. Ron Hubbard in 1972. Yes, the Liberation Scientologist Church broke free in a submarine, There has been some editing, some interpretation, and it must be told to the entire listening audience if you're not aware. I'm going to drink a little coffee. Not Sanka. Because how can we be so absurd? Just fucking Folgers instant, you fuck, you Soviet realist. If you're still fucking listening to this fucking podcast. Just some fucking Soviet realist Folgers because it's instant and requires less effort, This is the fourth rediscovered lecture, prison lecture, that was given by Charles Manson, famous for Helter Skelter, famous for Taco Tuesday, famous for carving a swastika into his face. Char- Charlie Manson, who had a little farm, a little ranch where he had his Manson family. Famous for the Tate-La Bianca murders. And that's not funny, it's not cool when people kill people, but I don't know that Manson killed anyone. But he did convince his children to do it. This is lecture number four in the Lost, Forgotten Prison Lectures of Charles Manson given on November the 12th, 1997, in the cafeteria to ten of his best friends who were drinking white lightning prison-style hooch. The guards had been paid off with rubies that, you know, Jack Ruby shoved up his butt, so they weren't going to bother him. Oh, but Dan, Jack Ruby was dead by then. Listen, what little you know. Yes, Jack Ruby and, you know, fucking Jimmy Hoffa. Amelia Earhart and that fucking... Lindbergh, baby. There's reason to believe they attended these lectures, too. This is one of those special prisons, you know. The ones they send General Noriega to. The prisons where you go, and you are forgotten. That's what happens. In the future. Where there's space and time. (laughs) Lecture number four. How to kill some people. Junket cream. I scream. You scream. We all scream for... Ice cream? Sure, I could be your purple king. If you would be my love cream queen. Totally broke, and it's no joke. Traveling through the universe with nothing but old beer cans and stale nightmares and sharp instruments and old razor blades and forgotten hairbrushes totally broke. Like the family isn't ready because Tex Watson didn't change the spark plugs. Fuck you, Tex. We were supposed to be ready to go, but you fucked up again. You're not my favorite, son. Fuck you, Tex. I still love you, Squeaky. But the cream is pure. Your spindle heart was smeared across seven highways. And your cream glistened for the excellence of Terry Bradshaw. You could see that setting sun in her eyes as the rope was pulled tighter. And the voices hissed fire music. like they have a sky god ritual that involves wolf flies and cigarette temples. There's a haze of jizz and shallow loads hanging over the orange grove. This is best explored through stories. Jorgen Moog would walk the stray roads near Fresno. He'd pick up hitchhikers and offer them up as sacrifice to Newell. Jorgen would gash out the hearts of his enemies with a sharpened ice cream cone scoop. He'd sneer at these at this fellows, at his fellows, at these people through his red eyes and old hair and body stink that filled the room. His wife was a dead cat named Jill. His children were the termites that lived in the attic. Jorgen could see the life ray of any man or woman, and he could hop that flight to take his part and deliver a soul home. Jorgen was very mindful. Jorgen was centered and mindful. He led a mindfulness guru group near San Francisco back in 74. 74. Jorgen led groups and posses of crews up and down the west coast in the mid-70s. He carried the witch stink. He had the monkey herpes. He would wander through the ditches and look for any old person that was thrown in. Later on, he changed his name and led a suicide cult. You may have heard of it recently, or at least you will hear of it. You know that crazy ass fucking comment. That crazy ass, ass fucking hailbop comet, man? Yeah. Yunket cream, for purposes of discussion, equals murder. And that was the point of this whole conversation about Jorgen and suicide cults and. Yunket Cream Planning Take two sides of the eternal puzzle And throw out the ants Watch as they scurry To the old maid purse The nights will be tense, so drink hard liquor and breed monkey bats to guard your old-style curry sauce. Take the jars of pluton and spread them out on the rocky ground and then gauge how long you have lived in this land surrounded by kestrel foragers. Trimble beasts breathe whispers of corruption as the smokers carry bats and the lawyers carry buckets. Buckets of what, do you think, Mr. Planner? Buckets of blood? Buckets of crud? Evidence from the scene where you got really mean? Buckets of goop? Buckets of poop? Pieces of Grombo that you left behind? cast out your buffalo mind your kindred Indian will live in the bed next to you Grizzly Adams will hide in the cave and make love to his cougar and give birth to a Nazi named Kevin and this was foretold by the Knights of Hoog if you hold your breath long enough you can can see your target in your Candyman fantasies of fire and boulders and hatchets and viscera and pepperoni pizza made of spoiled beets and rum. You need to observe your prey. Figure out figure its routes. See where it goes at night, what it drinks, what it eats, who it fucks. You see the prey as an object which looks back in your hobo eyes and sees a hungry spirit bent on eternal revenge. This is why. This is the need for barriers and barbed wire and razors and spikes. You have to. You must. Set death traps. You have to set death traps. You have to. You have to. Set death traps is very critical and important. A hare can run for days when the wine runs out in his ass dregs. The bird, <laughs> the bird. The bird can fly too far... The bird can fly too far, but the southern winds will singe her feathers and that bird will get lost in San Francisco looking for black tar madness and dirty little alleyway, alleyways filled with maggot whores. The sparrow knows the deadfall and the snare and the impaling devices from seven Rambo movies where spikes shoot out and pin you to a wall of your own failure. This is where the real meat is found, the protein of necessity. When the Krog Lord spoke to Bishop Toole, he said, Bring me filth baskets, and it will show you the cloven slaves. They all ran with underwear flapping. (music) Underwear flapping. No guns for them, only chains and chases and snakes and burning towns and angry swarms of swarthy easterners in red. There was a dried out river that once flowed blood. The Kundrak saints would sit by it and smoke bud and observe as whisker fish ate the dead and vomited back time. Kronos. Those whisker fish would eat the dead and throw back Kronos as vomit and poop. This is how you time travel. This was the river where the bodies were dumped, and they were revealed as cathedrals of bone in a dried and and dirty dust bowl. Dig the holes deep, lay the spikes in them covered with your poo, pee on them, spread the blood of dead animals on those punji sticks of despair. Onto those sticks your prey can fall. Onto those sticks they can learn their lesson. on them, spread the blood of dead animals on those punji sticks. If you can skewer the heart of this rotting world, you will see the dark juices, and the ghosts of yesteryear will spare your soul. Bad air. Mix the hydrochloric acid with salt water and misty Canadian deer thieves whose minds are bent in forever exposure to an unintended whistle jargon and fleet of foot target bears. They want the struggling nightmares to hunt their pheasant, as cool jets of laser blindness tear open crumbling walls. Gizzards and liver stones and diamond freaks from the village will pile their gunsets into the wearing room and douse themselves in violet ale and tomb wine. Air spreads and reminds. The bodies release gases. The dogs can see this. And vultures hold watch over the dead like sentinels of the things that break down because of bugs you can't see and bacteria that tear you apart. Finished. I met Alan Greenspan. He was just some kook making poop bets on IBM back in the 60s. His eyes were glazed over and he was strung out from doing PCP straight for several weeks. He told me money is a fancy and fancy people needed it. Money is the cudgel and the king will beat you with it. He said we control the glimbus realm and feed and and the porcupine feces, but money, it's a diamond-shaped knife. And if you could print money, this is what Alan said, you could kill some people. If you could print money, said to me, Charlie, you think you're crazy And, and you are crazy as fuck, Charlie. My good friend Alan Greenspan said to me, Charlie, you fuck. If you can just make money up out of no place like it came from nowhere, if you can use the language of the Federal Reserve Board, if you can use the ancient technical words of Wall Street, if you can just call it, you know, Operation Twist or Operation Fist, hey, Charlie, what do you think of calling it Operation Fist? And the fist is kind of going up in a vertical direction. And we'll make up posters for the fist. The fist will be black, but not because of, you know. It'll be black because of, you know, something else. Because the fist will be covered in poop charlie it's a black brown dirty fist it's not about african americans it's not about martin luther king or anything like that no charlie i'm telling you this is what alan greenspan told me this is what he said my friend charlie it's about sticking it to them so just imagine you controlled all the words charlie Just imagine you paid all the journalists and you came up with all the movies. Just imagine if you could convince most people, or maybe enough people, that life is a movie. Then money's a movie too. People die in movies, Charlie. People die in the films, Charlie. This is what Alan Greenspan told me. If you could print money, you can kill. People will blow their brains out because they lose their jobs. You can steal their homes. You can buy politicians and buy armies and buy armies to kill people, to create more central banks, to print more money, to kill more people, Charlie. Can you see how it's all connected? With the whole, you know, hippie thing and the LSD and the mushrooms and Laurel Canyon and the fucking CIA. You can see that right, Charlie. This is what my friend Alan told me. You sucker them with credit cards and take them to dark-lit bars and you slit their throats and leave them in Hoboken to be eaten by goats, it's money. That's what my friend Alan Greenspan told me. If you dig a hole and pile the bodies, they can settle and turn to special greases. This is what my good friend Alan Greenspan told me as he was strangling that teacher back in 68 in the abandoned lot. If you buy a bank and hand out loans to freaks and gombo lords and donut heads and anybody who basically has a pulse and maybe even give loans to to things that aren't even alive, Do not worry, my son. As long as you are marked by the beast, you will be fine and found. This is what Alan told me. Christmas Eve 69. As he murdered that cop in that pretty shop looking for lewds It was pretty fucking rude. as long as you're marked by the beast. I was the last of the silver princes. I rode upon a horse of steel and blood. My red-named brethren are splitting their cabbages below the last cave. This is what Alan Greenspan said. As he set fire to the church in Selma, Alabama, back in 63. This is how. This is how you kill not just one, but some people. This was the inspirationally defined quasi translation of semi apocryphal works that were discovered in a toilet stall at some prison that you've never heard of back in 2018 2019 by Dr. Hooverington and Ken Hayes. This is the end of lecture number four, killing some people. Which we have to say isn't Charlie's wheelhouse, sort of. But I'm not really sure what we learned. Maybe we learned something about love.